morning. So since there's several new people here, I will I'll kind of catch you up where we are in terms of um, all the messages we've been going through. So we've been going through the book of Mark, um, and specifically we've been stopping at the points where someone is amazed, um, whether that's people being amazed at something Jesus did, Jesus being amazed at people's lack of faith. Um, so the series is called Amazed, and we've been going through. Um, last week, we got to Mark 10 and 12, um, and Tom called that one uh, Missing the Point. So in those chapters, um, there are several people who missed the point with Jesus, and then um, it ended with one person who didn't. So um, first is a story that I think a lot of people know from the book of Mark. It's the money changers in the temple. Jesus comes and says, that's not what they're supposed to be doing here, flips the tables, gets upset with people. Um, then we get a series of people. The Herodians, Pharisees, and Sadducees all come and ask Jesus questions, um, and they're trying to trick Jesus. And then finally, a teacher comes up and asks Jesus what the greatest commandment is, and Jesus answers him to love him with, to, uh, answers to love him with all your heart, understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, that's the guy that didn't miss the point. Um, two weeks prior, um, the teaching, the sermon was called, uh, was from Mark 10. Um, it was called Inside Out and Upside Down. And in this one, we again saw several examples of how um, in God's plan, status, suffering, and money all get flipped from the world's priorities. Um, and again, you know, we see a rich man that, you know, is not the one that the disciples are looking after and are um, immediately drawn to. And then we also see the, you know, the little children come and Jesus says, um, not only let the little children come to me, but he, he says that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Um, so Jesus invites us to be uh, childlike and um, for those of you who don't know me, the three-year-old running back and forth in the back of the sanctuary is my son. Um, and I think one of the most childlike qualities that I appreciate in him is just his curio curiosity and desire to learn. Um, we are deep in the why phase right now, um, where everything's why. And you know, even when we answer the first why, we get another why and another why. Um, and I think that's something that we lose when we get older, um, but it's something I appreciate about little children. Um, so I'd like to take a moment to kind of bring both of those together. I'm going to invite everyone into that childlike state of curiosity and learning. Um, one of our favorite ways that we learn stuff in our household is through reading stories. Um, I know we'll hear on the baby monitor him reciting stories we read that day. We draw them on chalk on our driveway. Um, and I think, you know, it's not just the facts that we learn from stories, although we certainly do that. You can ask my son about marine iguanas. Um, but we also learn how the world works and how we're supposed to be in it. Um, and so rather than just a explicit teaching and saying what I learned, I'd like to share my favorite story with you. Um, that is a lesson I've learned in missing the point. Um, 
so I'd like everyone to take a second think about being a child um, maybe you were a bedtime story family maybe you had a special spot maybe you had a grandparent that had a certain smell that you remember when they read to you um, maybe you remember going to the library and picking books out for yourself um, so just think back think about being a child think about um, how you approached hearing a story as a child and I'd like to read this one um, that is a way I frequently miss a point so this book is you are special by Max Lucado The Wemmicks were small wooden people. All of the wooden people were carved by a woodworker named Eli. His workshop sat on a hill overlooking their village. Each Wemmick was different. Some had big noses, others had large eyes. Some were tall and others were short. Some wore hats, others wore coats. But all were made by the same carver and all lived in the same village. And all day, every day, the Wemmicks did the same thing. They gave each other stickers each Wemmick had a box of Golden Star stickers and a box of Grey Dot stickers. Up and down the streets, all over the city, people spent their days sticking stars or dots on one another. The pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint chipped, the Wemmicks gave dots. The talented ones got stars, too. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still others knew big words or could sing pretty songs. Everyone gave them stars. Some Wemmicks had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good. It made them want to do something else and get another star. Others, though, could do little. They got dots. Punchinello was one of those. He tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around and give him dots. Sometimes when he fell, his wood got scratched, so the people would give him more dots. Then he would try to explain why he fell. He would say something silly and the Wemmicks would give him more dots. After a while, he had so many dots that he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid that he would do something dumb, such as forget his hat or step in the water, and then people would give him another dot. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would come up and give him one for no reason at all. He deserves a lot of dots, the wooden people would agree with one another. He's not a good wooden person. After a while, Punchinello believed them. I'm not a good Wemmick, he would say. Uh, the few times he went outside, he hung around other Wemmicks who had a lot of dots. He felt better around them. One day, he met a Wemmick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no dots or stars. She was just wooden. Her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers. It's just that the stickers didn't stick. Some of the Wemmicks admired Lucia for having no dots, so they would run up and give her a star, but it would fall off. Others would look down on her for having no stars, so they would give her a dot, but it wouldn't stay either. That's the way I want to be, thought Punchinello. I don't want anyone's marks. So he asked the stickerless Wemmick how she did it. It's easy, Lucia replied. Every day I go see Eli. Eli? Yes, Eli the woodcarver. I sit in the workshop with him. Why? Why don't you go find out for yourself? Go up the hill. He's there. And with that, the Wemmick who had no stickers turned and skipped away. But will he want to see me, Punchinello cried out. Lucia didn't hear. So Punchinello went home. He sat near a window and watched. 
the wooden people as they scurried around giving each other stars and dots. It's not right, he muttered to himself, so he decided to go see Eli. He walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard. I'm not staying here, and he turned to leave. Then he heard his name. Punchinello? The voice was deep and strong. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come and let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little woman asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and set him on the bench. Hmm, the maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the gray dot. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? There are Wemmicks just like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think, and I think you're pretty special. Punchinello laughed. Me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders, and spoke very softly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day, I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no marks, said Punchinello. I know. She told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly. Because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come to see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the ground. Remember, Eli said, as the Wemmick walked out the door, you are special because I made you, and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. So now um, Tom's going to come up, and we're going to just kind of have an open discussion time. Um, I think Matt has a mic. Um, but just kind of to summarize um, the ways we missed the point. So in Mark, we had the four different people, the sellers in the temple who were focused on money, the Herodians that were focused on their political power, the Pharisees who were adding stuff to the Bible, and the Sadducees who tried to put God in a box. And then what I took from the story, although you're obviously welcome to take <laughs> what you'd like, um, was just like the focusing on what we can do and focusing on what others think of us. Um, so the first question is, what are some ways that we're tempted to miss the point? So for, <clears throat> for those of you who are not used to this setting, it's okay. You don't have to say anything. We have folks out there who love that microphone and who will definitely say something. Um, and Kate and I are also up here to, to keep the conversation going. Um, but we would, we would love your response to, to Kate's thoughts, um, to the story, to the passage about the religious leader asking Jesus about what the greatest commandments are, the greatest commandment, and Jesus's response. And so repeat those two questions, Kate, yep. from the story. Oh yeah, so what are some ways that we're tempted to miss the point? 
either you personally or things you've seen? Um, and then what can we do to bring our focus back to that greatest commandment? Hi, I'm Isabella. Hi, Isabella. Um, so I would say one of the ways that I personally tend to miss the point is I get like really stuck in my head about stuff and I criticize myself heavily. So then instead of just like going to God about it, I go to people and I want their approval. So then I like overwork myself or I get mad when I don't get like the recognition recognition that I feel like I should have. Um, so that's how I miss the point. And then a way that I can change that is instead of going to people, go to God. Unless he tells me to go to people because sometimes it's good. Um, but the ways that I don't, I do is not good. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Isabella. Yeah, that inner, that inner critic that we all have, some of them, some of us have a really loud, harsh inner critic and can really get the better of us. I think, um, what's the, the little dude's name? Punchinello. Punchinello. Great names, right? Punchinello. And what was the, the woman who the stickers fell Lucia. off of? Lucia. Lucia. Um, just great, great pictures of, of how we how we can miss the point, right? We look like uh, we look to others for approval, right? That's a that's a big thing for me is looking out f at others and wanting to make them happy, wanting to do right by them, um, and that's not the first commandment, right? The first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's where my first stop should be. What do you guys think? All the way down front, Matt. Oliver wants to say something. <laughs> You'll get your turn, Oliver. Um, so whenever, I love that, that book, by the way. Every time I read it, I cry. Um, but I think that it reminds me of how, yes. <laughs> um, it reminds me of how um, I, te I tend to, in my relationship with God, I want, I want his approval. I want to, like, do things for him. But, like, in the story, like, all the woodcutter wanted was for Punchinello to just come be with him yeah. and sit with him and, and learn, like, about his love so that he could know who he was and be confident in that. And I think, like, sometimes I just get so busy because I'm just like, oh, I can do this and do that. And, like, look at me, God. Like, I can do this for you, and he's just like, will you just come over here and just like sit with me for a while and like, you know, um, talk with me and and just listen. You know, I think being quiet sometimes and just trying to hear him can be hard. Um, so I think that that's something I'm trying to work on every day is like remembering that he just wants to be with me and that that will change everything, not just like doing the things. Yeah, yeah. So so often we we mistake. We think do like God needs us to do stuff in order to to earn His approval, to earn His love, and He just wants us to be with Him. That being is so hard. What else? What other thoughts? What are the ways, David? All the way in back. Other ways that we miss the point, or how we can come back to back around to loving God and loving others as the point. Uh, the part of the story that stood out to me was when it said some some of the 
the wooden people had so many gray dots on them that other people would just walk up and give them gray dots just because. Um, and I think that mm. is an excellent way that we often miss the point where we look at other people. We make assumptions about other people based on what everyone around us um, is basically doing or talking about them. There's, there's a bit in a book that I just read, uh, also a story, um, a science fiction story, but, but one of the characters said that we don't look at you know, everyone that, is, that we don't know. We don't look at them as people, we look at them as stories. And we only believe about them what stories are told about them. Um, and I think that's a, that's a really powerful statement. Yeah, I was just, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that, that's the thing I like about the book is that it's not just the criticism of the other people that doesn't stick to her. You know, it's also the good things that doesn't stick to her. And I think, you know, we can't have one without the other. Like, we can't look to people for our affirmation but drop the criticism. Like, we have to look to God for all of it. That's such a great point, Kate. I was listening to a, um, to a podcast, and this guy was talking about how sometimes he'll just go out and he'll walk his neighborhood, and he'll specifically ask Jesus to see the people that he encounters through Jesus' eyes, right? Instead of the eyes of the gray stickers or whatever else, other labels or dress or what, however else we might mistakenly judge somebody. Got time for maybe one or two more thoughts. Amanda. I think where we get it wrong is strength where there's, I think a few times where it talks about in your weaknesses you are made strong. And what is so you know upside down and inside out about that is there's all these messages of, on, oh, you know, you gotta put on a strong face, you gotta, you know, don't cry, or, or someone will think you're weak, or the, kind of avoidance of vulnerability actually prevents us from building relationships mm. where it is inherently vulnerable to actually trust someone or allow them to help you or to engage in a way where they are them and you are you without kind of needing that external bounce back and mirroring and when we have that in God and we're seeing how he sees us then we're able to be fully ourselves and we're able to have the ability to truly be not only vulnerable but also courageous in that thanks Amanda so was that was that a story that you were read growing up? Yep. Yep, this is a story I was read growing up, and I buy them by the box full for baby showers, <laughs> which is why Britt has a copy. <laughs> it's my favorite story. It's a great story. One, one last thought, maybe. Because uh, I love microphones. <laughs> <laughs> like my daughter. <laughs> So I work for a company called ASML, and people probably see that on uh, TV. There's ads and billboards on the highway and stuff. And uh, ASML, is a, I think, I've been working for there for 23 years. It's an excellent company. And a few years ago, they, they came out with this initiative called uh, Care, Collaborate, and Challenge. And 
you know, like all business initiatives, okay, sometimes they come out and two or three years later they're gone and they're replaced by another initiative, you know. And uh, you always wonder what happened to that initiative. But this initiative's been sticking around, right? So it's like people challenge each other. Mm. And in a business world, that's people, some people might look at that as a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. And the question always comes, well, why are you challenging? And we go back to the first part, which is care. So we challenge somebody because we care about what they're doing and is it the right thing to do and does it really make the company better? Does it make our product better? It doesn't make us better, right? right? Um, care, challenge, and uh, collaborate. And then collaborate. So it's like, well, why do we collaborate? Well, because we care, right? We collaborate with each other because we just don't want one person driving the discussion. We want everybody to be able to input what they know because everybody has knowledge and everybody can contribute because we care about them. And if they're part of our company, we should care. Yeah. And so everything that we do always goes back to the word care. And I'm like falling in love with this initiative because it gives people value, it gives people what they know, and it recognizes people. But who, who is, you know, the ultimate caretaker? It's God, right? And who should we be responsible to? God, right? And, and who should we take our challenges from? God. Right. Right. And that, I mean, those three C's, it changes the way that you look at other people, right? Exactly. Just like in the story, it absolutely changes the way you look at other people. Oh, yeah. It's very powerful, you know. So I'm always bringing it up in meetings and people are like, oh. You know, Wait, where's, where's Rudy? Rudy, did he get it right? Yeah, he got it right. Okay. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy also works at ASML. Yeah, we, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah, and Norwood. All right. You guys join me in thanking Kate.